Good morning, and welcome to O Readers Anonymous, a vision for your big book study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, September 4th, 2014. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 152, uh, the paragraph that begins, How is that to come about? Um, today's readers include uh, Nancy S. on the 12 Steps, Santa H. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Elaine B., Larry, and Rachel M. The reference number for yesterday, Wednesday, September 3rd, is 6611. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA who still suffer, to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nancy S. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Kathy Kay, and thank you, everybody, and good morning. This is Nancy S. from Wisconsin, a recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. Yes. 
I will now ask Santa H. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, visionaries. This is Santa H. from New Jersey, grateful, compulsive overeater. And these are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest money, lest problems of money, property, or prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be self, fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, or other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principle before personality. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Santa. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. 
in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 152, um, the paragraph that begins, How is that to come about? And before we start reading, I just want to make a correction in the share ID for yesterday's meeting. It should be 6811. That's the share ID for Wednesday, September 3rd. Okay, um, I will now ask Elaine to begin reading. Thank you, Kathy. This is Elaine B., recovered in Massachusetts. How is that to come about, you ask? Where am I to find these people? You're going to meet these new friends in your own community. Near you, alcoholics are dying helplessly, like people in a sinking ship. If you live in a large place, there are hundreds. High and low, rich and poor, these are future fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. Among them, you will make lifelong friends. You will be bound to them with new and wonderful ties, for you will escape disaster together, and you will commence shoulder to shoulder your common journey. Then you will know what it means to give, your, to give of yourself that others may survive and rediscover life you will learn the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself. This reading causes me to reflect back on um, the beginning of how it works, I believe it is, where it talks about like being people on the Titanic. That was written around the time of the Titanic. And that all walks of life, rich and poor, you know, educated, uneducated, everybody who survived that tragedy uh, had a comradeship, a common um, experience that bonded them together. But the thing that I think is so wonderful about this is that instead of having reunions or events or just, you know, everybody going their separate way after they're rescued, we get to trudge this road of happy destiny together. And we get to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I will tell you, it's in the rooms of um, of Overeaters Anonymous and and through the uh, the phone meetings that I've been on, that I've learned how to develop relationships, that I've learned how to be loving, patient, tolerant, and kind, that I've learned how to listen. I've learned how to have it not just be all about me. And I have built uh, wonderful relationships. But even when I was in OA, at abstinence, and not um, successfully having completed the steps as they're laid out in the big book, I didn't realize that there were still blocks between me and my fellows. So having discovered a vision for you when I crawled back into the rooms and, and out of the bags and boxes last summer, um, I was able to work through these steps. And it took a little adjustment to go back into the rooms because the message was felt a little bit different in many ways. But it was people I had I had been walking with for nine years. And, um, you know, once I cleared away the wreckage, I really have been able to be much more open to them, much more available to them, so much less in myself, so much more patient, loving, tolerant, kind, really caring about their needs, really able to do service in, in ways that are deeper and more effective. And among them, I'm seeing more and more rise up, complete this work, and uh, 
and come to a new understanding of God, of themselves, a new relationship with food, and a new relationship with everybody. And truly, it is an example of love thy neighbor as thyself. That's a precept of a faith that that, um, that I have been practicing. But on page 94, it talks about we don't really talk about a particular faith or denomination. We're dealing only with general principles common to most denominations. And these words, if we can live by these words, you know, to, to trust God, help others, clean house, what more is there? It's just really a wonderful way of life. And it's available to everybody who is able and willing to put down the food, pick up the steps, work them one day at a time, reach out to others, stay in contact with God. And really, it is a life that is um, better than any I ever dreamed or expected. With that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Elaine. Who would like to share on what was read? Okay, this is Kathy Kay. I'll I'll jump in here. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and uh, as I heard these paragraphs being read and Elaine share, um, I realized how transformed my life has been uh, by getting to know my fellows in Overeaters Anonymous. You know, before I got to the rooms, I thought I would have described myself as someone who had a lot of friends. Um, but I never had the depth of relationships that I have today. And it is precisely because I have learned how to be in relationships without my selfishness, dishonesty, um, self-centeredness, and fear. And when those come up, I now have methods for addressing them and turning around my attitudes and my behaviors. Um, It's amazing. Uh, Sometimes I've had the experience of going places and running into someone from a meeting and um, someone perhaps I hardly know, and there's an instant connection and an opportunity to be in conversation at a meaningful level, not um, at a superficial level. So the quality of interacting that I've uh, come to experience here is such a gift, and it's that that quality that nurtures my soul and brings me closer to God and helps me to stay on the road to recovery. Um, I never uh, anticipated that this would be one of the important byproducts of joining the 12-step program, but in fact, next to my relationship with God, I would say these connections with others who are recovered and recovering is probably the most important thing in my life today. And with that, I pass. Lindsay, Katie F. Okay, Laura D. and then Katie F. Go ahead, Laura. It was Maura Z. Thank you, Kathy K. Oh, no worries. Um, I um I wanted to to um 
Among them you will make lifelong friends. You will be bound to them with new and wonderful ties, for you will escape disaster together, and you will commence shoulder to shoulder your common journey. I have two friends over 40 years outside of this fellowship. And those friendships are very deep and very true. The friendships I have come to make and treasure and cherish in the rooms of OA, um, especially in the last few years, are at a level that I almost can't articulate um, how special and how deep they are and how true they are. They understand me at a level that requires no explanation. I, I've not needed to truly have to explain myself um, to any of the fellows in OA. There is that common, um, that common bond that is almost inexplicable. And um, the strength that I am gifted from those bonds um, is what, along with my connection to, to God, is what keeps me afloat without a doubt that I am able to then turn around and give back in kind is almost more of the gift. Um, because prior to being in the rooms and prior to being recovered um, or in recovery, um, I knew only me. I was out to take care of number one. No one else mattered. And so to have learned to take care of my sisters and brothers um, who who walked this journey with me, um, and not just in the rooms, but outside the room. That's been one of the most important lessons I've learned is to be a person among persons. Um, One of my favorite sayings is that I've learned to be just another bozo on the bus. I don't have to be the bus driver. I leave that to God. And um, if you're out there and you're new and you're wondering, should you try this? You have nothing to lose but the greatest adventure of your life. Um, And that's just my opinion. I shouldn't say you. I would be losing the greatest adventure of my life if I walked away. Um, With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Kathy Kay. Thank you, Lauren D. Um, KDF, please go ahead. Hi, this is KDF, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And... You know, when I think about all the people that I have known in my years in recovery, um, you know, it is so different than the relationships that I had before. Um, I was trying, it was like trying to fit a, a square peg in a round hole. You know, I was always feeling less than or um, embarrassed by how I acted or, um, you know, just not, just not a part of it. And that is the opposite now in my life. You know, I'm among um, people now who understand me. And, you know, I haven't had to go out and, um, well, I have had to go and look for these people when I have moved. 
you know, I haven't moved in a long time, but in my first um, few years, you know, I moved. And that's the first thing I did is I looked up Overeaters Anonymous and I went to meetings and I found people who were just like me. And, you know, those people are still in my life from all those different places that I lived. And I can't say that about the other people that I worked with in those other places or, um, you know, anything else. It's, it's just such an incredible gift. But it doesn't happen immediately. It didn't happen immediately for me um, in recovery. You know, I remember my first year of um, abstinence. I was so just focused on, you know, getting through the steps and getting my life, um, you know, from the wreckage that it was that, you know, I didn't have these, um, I didn't have, I didn't have those relationships right away. But, you know, I, over time, as I got to, um, to the place of being recovered, I was able to give of myself and in doing, you know, develop these relationships. And it's just so much more than, you know, about losing weight. And it's so much more than about losing weight with group support. Because, you know, sometimes it can sound that way. It can feel that way. Like, this is just my support system where, you know, but it's, it's not that. It is so different. It is, um, you know, people know me. They call me on my stuff when I tell them something and I feel like it's brand new that I'm feeling this crazy thought. They're like, oh, yeah, I remember last time that happened, you know, and then it's like throwing cold water on me and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is my struggle. And then I can move on and move out of it again, you know, but but I can't get that with superficial relationships. And I can't get that if I only connect with people when I'm in a crisis. It's, a, it's just like my relationship with my family and my higher power. It takes, it takes effort on my part to build those relationships. And, you know, uh, we do that through the use of the tools and through um, continuing to show up and to be there for other people and to answer the phone and to just um, connect on more than a superficial level. And I'm so grateful that we do that. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie F. Who else would like to share on these paragraphs? Sarah W. Miriam. Okay. I heard Sarah W. Miriam. Oh, I'm sorry. Linda D. Yeah. Leah and who else? Linda D. Linda D and Sue G. Uh did I miss anybody? Okay, so Leanne. we'll go who is that? Leanne. Oh Leanne. Okay, Leanne, thanks. We have Sarah W, Miriam, Leah, Linda D, Sue G and Leanne. Go ahead, Sarah. Thanks, Kathy. Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Sarah W., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. Um, just a fabulous paragraph. Um, and I was thinking to myself, I remember hearing, you know, it's weakness, not strength, that binds us to each other. And and in reality, it really is. It's it's the affliction that we all suffer, but, you know, the greatest thing is that it's our it's the solution that binds us, you know, that that is how we've come out of this, you know, dark, dank uh, hole from which we've been in and and 
and ended up where we have the ability, if we continue to work this program, uh, to learn the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself. You know, I, for me, it's it's really been about the, you know, as it's talked about so many times on the line, you know, we learn to have, you know, my whole issue has always been about trust, you know, trust of myself, trust of others, and trust that there is something greater than myself that was there for me, because how could this have happened to me if there was? You know, I think so many of us feel that way. And working the steps and, and living the steps and, and and living this beautiful design for living, you know, we get to, to realize that um, we can have a relationship um, with ourselves, you know, to, to learn to love ourselves and to respect ourselves, to to learn to love others and care truly care about other people and, and uh, what they're going through in life, and also to um, to love God, you know, to have a relationship with a power greater than ourselves, and to know that that power loves us too, and it, it just gives us such a a beautiful freedom and. Um, you know, I always think to myself, you know, but by the grace of God, there go I. Um, you know, so many people are suffering out there, but, you know, today, and and it's not even been 100 years that this program has been available to people, but um, today we have the ability to, to, to really relate and connect with people and to be authentic, to be our authentic selves, and, and those people can love us. But, you know, I have to go back to the idea that um, my my dependence has to be on my higher power, not on people. That doesn't mean that people can't be there with me and work with me on this journey. But really it, it has to be that, that connection with my higher power that my dependence lies on. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Miriam, please go ahead. Thank you, Kathy. This is Miriam, a compulsive overeater, living in the solution one day at a time, according from Israel. I'm so grateful to be here and, and to listen to all your chairs. It just gives me so much. Uh, yeah, you know, how can we how can we really love thy neighbors as thyself if we don't carry out our own work? You know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, this chapter we're reading it after we we went through the process of the steps, you know, the first 12 steps, and then hopefully we live in the solution and in step 10, 11, and 12. And it's uh, it's been such an eye-opening to me to to work to have worked very thoroughly, you know, step four to nine, and and looking looking at my problems and my defects and my shortcomings, whatever you want to call it. And the truth is that, you know, in the beginning, I had the thought of, you know, feeling guilt and feeling a lot of, uh, you know, bad feelings about it, you know. But at the end, when you look at the, the, the positive side of it, which is really to be aware and, and to be honest and, and to, put on, to put on the table in front of God and, and another human being, this is my, these are my problems, and I'm really here because I really want want to work on them, and I'm totally powerless, and only only God can remove them. And and many times, you know, talking about loving others and accepting others, you know, when I get into places that okay, maybe I get 
critical, judgmental, or you know, a bad thought about someone. What helps me very much is to remember, okay, Miriam, remember that you wrote exactly the same thing as one of your defects in your inventory, and that person is as human as you are. So, you know, love and tolerance of others uh, is our code, and I've learned so much about that. Obviously, things are not perfect. This is a journey. This is a, it's a process, you know, that takes us slowly back to, to our higher power, to our soul, and to our real self. And uh, it's just amazing uh, that most of us come here because of a weight problem or a food problem or whatever, and then we find out a, a program that covers everything in our lives. And for that, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Miriam. Leah, please go ahead. Thanks so much, Kathy, for your service. Extraordinary paragraph. I just wanted to zero in on a few things. It says, near you, alcoholics are dying helplessly like people in a sinking ship. You know, we don't have to go out and find overeaters. <laughs> I mean, all you usually have to do is sit in your local OA meeting and look to your left and look to your right, and you'll have someone in active illness, someone who you have an opportunity to carry the message to. Um, you know, it's a, and thank God, you know, <laughs> thank God uh, this meeting and, and others that are, you know, developing are focused on the solution. We actually have a message. We have a way out. People do not have to live in active addiction um, if they make a decision to pursue this path as if their life depends upon it. Um, it goes on to say, among them you will make lifelong friends, you will be bound to them with new and wonderful ties, for you will escape disaster together and you will commence shoulder to shoulder your common journey. I mean, what an incredible statement, and that's certainly my experience. I mean, my personal transformation has been a profound experience that began in 1987, and it continues to evolve, and, you know, mere words are inadequate. Uh, to, you know, describe this experience, uh, you know, I came here, I had no tools for a living, I had no ability to cope with life, I had really no sense of family, no sense of community, uh, my ethics and my morals were in the toilet, I had a rough time living, I had a rough time living, and I applied these steps, and you know, this whole world uh, became alive for me. The big book in this paragraph uses the word rediscover life. I mean, it is a learning process which produced a new person, <laughs> me, living a new way of life. And that transformation is and continues to be profound. And I am bound to these people. And thank God that circle continues to develop and enlarge over the decades. And how wonderful it is to try trudge life, because life does bring ups and downs, um, to trudge life shoulder to shoulder and really know that we did escape. I mean, against all odds, I was supposed to self-destruct. <laughs> I was not supposed to be here. You know, I was a empty shell of a, a young woman that has been filled up over the years with love and filled up with grace and filled up with uh, gratitude. And it's so ironic that the very awful part of my life has turned out to be the very wonderful thing that I have the privilege and the honor to pass on. 
you know, because I believe that I have a better life today than I could have ever had had I never had this illness. You know, so uh, it's just, uh, you know, we learn how to live in harmony and we learn how to bring joy where we go and our whole attitude and outlook changes. And, you know, we get to an experience of freedom, a freedom uh, that we never believed possible. It's just quite a ride. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leia. Linda D., please go ahead. morning. It's Linda D. from Connecticut, and I'm so grateful to be in this meeting and this fellowship and to be um, recovered. Oh, my Lord. I'm smiling. Can you see it? I bet you can. I can say ditto, ditto to everything the preceding people said. It's beyond words. The thing that jumps out at me, that's my bird. You probably can hear her. She has a lot to say. Um, The thing that jumps out at me is the phrase rediscover life. And um, when I came in, I was shattered. And now my life is transformed. So what happened? The big book happened. Divine intervention happened. I had no idea that even existed. And uh, what what happened through the 12 steps through the big book is that I love my neighbor as myself. I'm not self-destructive. And that's really the only struggle that keeps showing up in some form of not good enough. So I have all those tools that have been mentioned for dealing with that because it isn't true. And now in my heart, I know it's not true. And having having been loved back to life by all of you, and that continues because I'm not shamed when I share my problems and I share them from my guts and how weird I think I am at the moment, and I'm not. I'm human. And now I know that this journey is back to love. It's through the self-destructiveness and the selfishness that that generates it's through all of that back to love which is in my core that's god and i can hear that now my intuitive stuff is open or channel is open most of the time when it's not i call one of you and i just love knowing you i was talking to two separate people yesterday and i i'm smiling and they know who they are so they're smiling back. It's wonderful to learn how to be a friend and not shame and not be shamed. Just be not perfect. It has nothing to do with it. It's being whole and happy and aligned with love. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Linda B. Sue G., please go ahead. Hi, everybody. It's Suji, Garrelis, recovered uh, member of OA, compulsive eater. Grateful, grateful, grateful. Back from my journey now for a whole day and a half. Wow. I'll never get over it. <laughs> um, this is beautiful. And Kathy Kay, feel free to say, but please say it very politely to me. Okay, you're done, Sue, when my time is up in case I don't recognize it because that's one of my character flaws. And I need help. 
Um, so who, who are these people? Where am I to find these people? <laughs> well, I am so grateful in my recovery and in, in my double loser status as a member of a couple of 12-step fellowships. Um, double loser because that I, I'm losing and have lost the barrier between me and that deep truth within, which is the God within. And so I think about this and the journey we're on, which ends in love thy neighbor as thyself, that if everybody who's in my fellowship, everybody that I meet, that, that we human beings, we all have this, this potential and active everyday addiction to the delusion of control that, that everybody thinks they're in charge and we're not, that, that higher power is in charge and it ain't me, that's for sure. And, and so I think to the freedom of, of recovery, which is to me, and this is just personal, this doesn't have to be for everybody, but personally, it's to remember what I always knew. So to me, the transformation began, uh, I think I know just about exactly when, February 6th, 1946 at 11.03 a.m. I know this because mommy told me that because that's the first time she saw me. And uh, I had a friend, a very close friend I grew up with who heard that my birthday was not only on February 6th, but it was at 11.03. And what did she do? She told the teacher and they sang happy birthday to me in the fifth grade at exactly 11.03 a.m. on February 6th. We are in this ship. We were on the Titanic, and we escaped. We lived. We lived through the the ravages of our eating disorders and other things. And for me, the binging, the binging has been much more emotional binging than it's been food binging. But it is food binging too. I'm capable of that any day. Any day I can do that unless I'm working my 12-step program. So living in steps um, as, uh, as was shared on Sunday a few weeks ago, living in steps 10, 11, and 1, that's how I get to step 12. That's how I have the privilege to carry the message. That's how I went and visited my friends, the almost dying and the younger one who's taking beautiful care of her, and words came out of my mouth. And these are people who've known me all my life. I mean, the elder, the 92-year-old, knew me uh, almost at February 6, 1946, at 11.03 a.m. Everybody helps us when we learn. And thank you for letting me share, Kathy. And I pass. Thank you. This is Bella, can I share? No, we're going to hear from Leanne, and then we're going to move on to the next paragraph. So you can share after that, Bella. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Go ahead, Leanne. Hi, Leanne, recovered in Florida. And um, this uh, week I've, I um, have an opportunity to go on a retreat and um, I decided I did not want to go because there's so much going on and then people are trying to talk me into going. And um, I, what came out of my mouth yesterday is like, oh, I, I have to share something with you. But then I realized, you know, the difference between how I used to try to share myself and get people to understand me 
with people at church, thinking that somehow I can get relief through them and they can give me the magic word or whatever. What a difference it is to have the fellowship. And, um, you know, last night I was just thinking about it. If I would share with any of them, you know, the rigorous honesty that I have to have around food and exercise, the rigorous honesty that I have to have um, around my sobriety in this program, I could just imagine what they would say to me, because I've done it before. They would say, oh, that's no big deal. What are you worried about that for? And nobody but us really gets what sobriety around food and compulsive behaviors is. And it makes me so blessed to have a way of life day by day to keep on top of that, a chance to be honest every day, a chance to do my, um, what they used to call examination of conscience, but for me it's an inventory. Uh, You know, that chance and those tools. And um, recently um, at church we were going through um, forgiveness and resentments and and. It's just I'm so grounded in a way out. I'm so grounded in the way out of the hell I used to live in. And feeling I was just feeling so privileged to have this program and to have the fellowship that I always craved through this recovery and through, like someone said, this affliction. And this affliction draws me close to God. It keeps me on my knees constantly. And... um just feeling that gratitude yesterday made me just want to run into program even more and just keep it so close to me and say, say to God that I'm so thankful that um, that I have a way out today that people of the common world would not think is very normal or would not think is a big deal. Um, so that's why this works for me, and that's why this works for all of us. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leanne. Okay, I'd like to ask Larry to read the next paragraph, please. Happy to do that. Kathy Kay, thanks for your service. Larry recovered uh, reader from Chicago. It may seem incredible that these men are to become happy, respected, and useful once more. How can they rise out of such misery, bad repute, and hopelessness? The practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, they can happen with you. Should you wish them above all else and be willing to make use of our experience, we are sure they will come. The age of miracles is still with us. Our own recovery proves that. And I'll tell you, my, my recovery proves that. You know, the reason I know it can happen for you um, is because it happened for me. Prior to it happening for me, uh, how could I know that it would happen for you? <laughs> I didn't have that experience yet, but I've had the experience. It's not fiction. It's re- really happened. And, uh, so I, you know, transform from, you know, this struggling, uh, disrespected at, at times, uh, disagreeable, self-centered, I say little man, I'm much smaller, um, today in, you know, physical stature than I was before, but I was a small man before. Um, to a, a happy, uh, respected individual, useful, useful to God, useful to others. You know, when I woke up this morning, I, I, I said the same thing in my prayers that I say every morning um, and throughout the day. God, how can I be of service to you and, and to my fellows? How can I help the man 
or woman that is still struggling with this disease? You know, and I, I mean, for me to even ask that question of, of, of this God that I was disconnected from, that I feel so connected to now, this creator, is, is amazing in itself. Because I don't ask it grudgingly. You know, in every single day, 365, um, God brings someone to me. You know, that I could help. And, um, and I mean, it's such, and I, and I get so much from that. So it's, you know, the other thing, too, from hopelessness to hope, you know, that, that a miracle. What's a miracle? You know, it talks in this paragraph about a miracle. You know, a miracle is, is, is something unusual, first of all. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. You know, it's, and it's believed to be caused by the power of God. That, that's what happened to me. This is nothing short of a miracle. And it's inexplicable by scientific laws. This, this program, we've heard, is not about science. If, as long as I was searching for science, for, um, you know, cause and effect, you know, um, you know following, following the laws of, uh, you know, that we understand, you know, that we can see and touch and, and, and feel, um, you know, that, that I was not going to have this. This uh, thing that I had, this design for living, this practical program of action, I cannot explain to you why following some simple steps allowed, allowed me to form a new relationship with my creator, which, you know, removed this obsession to pick up the food. But that's the least of the things that it did for me. Of course it did that. Um, it, was, it was promised, you know, and it happened. But it did so much more. You see, I went from a self-centered, small little man, you know, to an other-centered, God-centered person. Because why? Did I do that for myself? Of course I didn't. You know, it was a wonder, uh, you know, that this happened. And, it, you know, it says on page 28, what seemed at first a flimsy read, has proved to be the loving and powerful hand of God. That's what it was. At first, it didn't seem to be much of anything. You know, it was just like this tiny, flimsy little reed floating along, you know. But it proved to be the loving and powerful hand of God. And, and I've been given a new life. And this is indeed a design for living that really works. You know, I just followed this practical program of action, and it's taught me that I can form a relationship with my creator on simple and understandable terms. And all it Sorry, took... that's was... time, okay? Okay, thanks so much, Kathy. Thank you, thank you. Okay, um, Bella, would you like to share? Kim? This is Bella, can I share? Yeah, Bella and then Kim. Go ahead, Bella. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. I love these readings today, and be willing to make use of our experience. Yes, before I can make use of our experience, I have to learn to 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 accept myself, and then it can be our experience. Yes, my experience, my self-experience is that since I am in the program, thank God, thank God, I learned to love myself, to accept myself, to respect myself, to understand that I am human, I have feelings, and 
I am allowed to feel any kind of feeling. And now that I am in the program, I know I have, thank God, I have tools how to deal with my feelings. And it's okay not to know everything. And it's wonderful not to judge and to blame myself. And now that I learn to accept myself and to know that I am, I want, I, I am choosing to be connected to God, I can share my experience. And now this experience is becoming our experience. We are, we are all here together. It's not a relationship of teacher and student. It's not a relation that, oh, I am now in the program for so long, so I know more than you. It's, it's not that the sponsor is smarter than me, or it's, it's not. It's, it's we are all here together. We share our experience. We don't judge and we don't blame. We can learn from everybody, from everything, all the time. We are all unique children in our own way of God, and it's a freedom. I don't need to prove anymore, and I am not looking for approval and to prove other people. We are all here together. We are all unique in our own way, and this is what makes us all together. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Kim, go ahead, please. Thanks, Kathy. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And this is just a great reminder that the 12 steps in a spiritual experience is our focus. That's the purpose of Overeaters Anonymous. So it says here, the practical answer, which is the 12 steps, is that since these things have happened among us, what's happened, the spiritual experience, they can happen for you. We, if, should we wish them above all else, above all else, you know, that, that third tradition, you know, the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop eating. That is absolutely true. Everyone is entitled to a seat in Overeaters Anonymous if they want to stop eating. However, membership, in a way, will not get you recovered. The third tradition doesn't guarantee us anything. It just guarantees us a seat there. You know, and I, I like to think of, you know, one of the things that when I lost my weight is I, I rediscovered the athlete in me, and I joined a ski club locally, and I learned to ski in my mid-30s. And they would have these happy hours that they would go where you could sign up for the trips and stuff. And one thing I'd ask people, oh, well, can you tell me what mountains you ski? And some people would say, oh, I don't ski. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't ski? This is a ski club. Oh, yeah, I just like the social aspect. I just come here because the guys are cute and they have good happy hours. I, I really don't want to ski. And I'm like, well, I don't understand why you're joining a ski club. And it was, just, it was all about the social stuff. And I think to myself, isn't that true for me for many years and over years anonymous? I enjoyed the social aspect about being in a room with people who understood me. I enjoyed the fact that I complained about being a compulsive overeater. And that's what bound me to the meetings. That guaranteed me my membership because I wanted to stop eating. But they're letting us know here that the practical answer is the 12 steps. So I can sit in Overeaters Anonymous for 30 years. I can listen to Vision for You on a loop in, in my iPod 24-7. But that is not going to get me the spiritual experience. 
The spiritual experience is my goal. The spiritual experience is what I need to want above all else. When we often say, go to any length, I think it's such a canned phrase at this point. Everyone says, yes, I'm going to go to any length. But I think we need to ask ourselves, are we? And what does that mean? Am I willing to put the food down 100%? 100%. And am I willing per- to pursue this practical answer to 12 steps with everything in my soul? Am I willing to put aside family obligations, work obligations? If I was diagnosed with cancer and was told my only chance of survival is to go to chemotherapy, radiation, and it had to be in this intense six-week period, believe me, I would rearrange my life because I knew my life was at stake. Do we believe that about our compulsive overeating? Do we believe that this practical answer will save our lives, and are we willing to do what is necessary to get that spiritual experience? I have to tell you, unfortunately, for many, many years in this program, well over 15, 16, 17 years, I came to a 12-step program working only the eight tools. I worked an eight-tool program while I attended 12-step meetings. Now, do I work the tools? Absolutely. How can I work the steps without going to meetings and learning? How can I work the steps without having a guide to help me? How can I work the steps without making phone calls? But there are tools to work the steps. I work the tools as if that was the program. And I'll tell you, my results were... Oh, I'm sorry. You want to wrap up? I will wrap up. Thank you, Kathleen. Bye. Okay, we have time for one more share. Who would like to share? Miriam. 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 I heard Monica, and we'll take one more. Miriam. Okay, Miriam. Okay, Monica, and then Miriam. Thank you. Good Good morning, Kathy Kay. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And I, reading this paragraph here, I get such hope. Uh, I see a lot of hope here. But then underneath that hope, there's, there's, you know, they're, they're telling us some real specific things here. And like was already brought out, the practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, they can happen with you. I, I, a lot of hope there. And what is practical? Acquired through practice or action. And like was said before, what is this? It's working the steps 1 through 12 in order. So that something can happen, so that that spiritual experience can happen to us, if we want this above everything else, and if we're willing to make use of our experience, if we're willing to make use of the experience, what is this experience that recovered people have? Is that they've gone from the beginning to the end, and they know the conclusion. You know, I have walked the path. And I have walked through that door and I know what's on the other side of that door. So I am capable or I, I can help you because I know what the end results will be if you are willing and you want to do this work. And that's been my experience too. I wanted what I saw in others. They told me it can happen for you if you want it. And this is what you do. It's called get a sponsor and work the steps 1 through 12, and then you can also experience this miracle that all of us have been able to experience. And um, with that, I will pass. Thank you. 
Thank you, Monica. Miriam, can you make it a short share? We're up against the time. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Uh, this is Miriam, a compulsive overeater, living a solution one day at a time from Israel. Yeah, we'll make it very, very short. I just want to make a comment here to what it says. How can they rise out of such misery, bad repute, and hopelessness? Well, this was exactly me before I was in program. And when I came to the rooms in the beginning, I was totally hopeless. I, I didn't have any, any hope whatsoever about my problem. It was not only a weight problem, but it was you know, a person that was really broken down in many, many areas. And thanks God, you know, I went through the process like Monica said, you know, from step by step, slowly, you know, from step 1 to 12. And now doing my best to live in 10, 11, and 12. And yes, the miracle happened. The miracle happened because, you know, we do our part, we do our good work, and God does the rest. And it's, it's, it's a, an ongoing process that continues for life. And, and for the ones that are, you know, that are new here in the line, I will really, with all my heart, tell them, you know, get a recovered sponsor, go through the steps, and uh, you will see miracles. The miracles are for everybody, and I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Miriam, and thanks to everyone who has shared. Uh, it's now time to close the meeting, and I'm going to ask Rachel M. to read from the big book on page 164, and then we'll... Uh, say the serenity prayer together. Rachel, will you please read, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, good morning, this is Rachel. I'm a thankful, recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditations what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.